Isaiah chapter number 55. And uh, anybody that's ever tried to get the mind of God, you know it's not on your time. Uh, I, I, I like to have just had it all planned out, but God had something special for today. And I hope I can do it justice. Isaiah chapter number 55, if you're there, say amen. amen. Verse number 1, the Bible said, Ho, everyone that's, that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader a, and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee shall knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Pay attention to verse 6 and 7 if you would. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and He will have mercy upon him and uh, to our God for He will abundantly Pardon. If I could this morning, I want to go back to verse number 6 where the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. If God will help me, and I really believe He will, I want to preach this morning on this thought, God don't play hide and seek. God does not play hide and seek. Please pray with me this morning. Father, we do love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Now, God, I sure am grateful, Lord, for what you've said and done in my heart already today and in the wee hours of this morning. Now, God, I pray that, Lord, you'd get on me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me and to me this morning. Lord, I pray, God, for that one that's lost, they'd get saved, that one that's distant, Lord, that they'd come home. God, I pray this morning that you would... Have your perfect will and way, and God, that you'd enable me, Lord. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me power and unction, Lord, to preach thy word. Oh, God, speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I'm making myself available to you. Lord, I'm nothing, but God, if you would use me and fill me, Lord, I'd be the first one to give you glory for it. Help us now speak to the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name I do pray, and for his sake, and all the Lord's people said, Amen and amen. You may be seated. I understand the context this morning. I understand that it is here that Isaiah the prophet, God is dealing with a nation. I understand that we are looking at God and His relationship to Israel. But may I also say that within this doctrine, if you will, within this context, if you will, there's also an application to be made. Not only to the sinner. We always see that uh, this verse, verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near is often preached to the sinner. But may I say this morning, it not only applies to a lost man, but how many of y'all have been saved and saved for years?
years back seemed like God was somewhere in hiding. Seemed like God was nowhere to be found. Seemed like almost that he had forgotten that he's supposed to be on your side. Is anybody bearing witness with me this morning? I don't know the condition of a man's soul. I don't know if you're saved or if you're lost. But one thing I know is whether saved or lost, every man under the sound of my voice and under uh, all of heaven has something to inquire of the Lord. A lost man needs to inquire first of all about the condition of his soul. There's nothing more important on the planet than knowing that your name has been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a lot of things I'm unsure of, but isn't it good to know this morning? Isn't it good to have assurance? And isn't it good to have uh, to be sure that your name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life? But since that day, as a seven-year-old boy, when Brother Carlos was preaching the popcorn preaching back there, at ten minutes probably all he got, and started preaching on hell. I don't remember his text. Don't remember what he said. But God the Holy Ghost spoke to hey man. God the Holy Ghost spoke to a seven-year-old boy. I didn't walk to the altar that night, but I couldn't make it home. We was on our way, and we got to Savoy or Emblem, I guess it is. There's a little cold uh, tipple on the side of the road. Boy, I was I was a hiccup crying. Y'all know what that is. Uh, I mean, couldn't control it. And uh, what's wrong with you, boy? Mom and Dad, I'm lost. I, I'm going to go to that place that old Brother Carlos was preaching about. If I die tonight, I'm going to hell. God, for the first time, revealed unto me who I was as a sinner boy. Amen. And I remember getting out of that car and getting on the uh, getting getting down in the coal and getting on my knees and crying with tears running down my face, calling out, uh, "What are you saying?" I seek, I sought the Lord, uh, and guess what? I found Him. Uh, can I say this morning? So often I believe that the devil manipulates the minds of men uh, to believe that you cannot find God. How many of y'all's ever been in a dry place or a stagnant place after being saved? And boy, it just seemed like them songs didn't stir you like they used to. Seemed like them sermons didn't stir you like they used to. Seemed like your prayer life was drying up and withering away. Seemed like the Bible became a foreign language. I know I'm not the only one this morning. I mean, you, 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 in your mind, you wanted to find God, but there was something in the back of your mind that said, hey, you, you're wasting your time if you seek for the Lord. Glory to God if you seek for the Lord. You'll not find Him, but how many is standing here this morning that says not one time has God ever been in hiding. I've come to tell you this morning a word from the Holy Ghost that God don't play hide and seek. If you want to get to God, you can. If you want to find God, you can. If you want to find God, you can. If you want to find somebody ought to help me. If you want to find God, you can find Him. God don't play hide and seek. He's available. He's ready and at our service this morning. God don't play hide and seek. He said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. He is available to find this morning. Uh, can I say it is here in our text where Isaiah writing to the house of Israel begins to explain what to do. He said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while 
He is near. Can I say this morning, He's a lot closer than the devil says He is. He's a lot closer than your feelings say He is. He's a lot closer than some of your family says He is. Help me somebody. How many of y'all, just be honest this morning. How many sitting here this morning, you say, well, Brother Josh, just be honest. I feel like God is a million miles away. Is there anybody? I feel like God is so far. I feel like when I pray, it don't go above the roof. I feel like when I read my Bible, that he has no interest in speaking to me. I can't find God. I've come to tell you this morning, he's not in hiding. My friend, if you'll seek him, you'll find him. God, don't play hide and seek. First of all, this morning, I want to say that God, don't play hide and seek, number one, because he provides an invitation. God does not play hide and seek because he provides an invitation. Look at verse one. The Bible said, ho, everyone that thirsteth come. Can I say I'm not a Greek man. I believe in the English. Amen. I believe in the inspired, infallible Word of God but every now and then I'll look up and I'll see. I'll look up that word. I looked up the word ho and just to see in the context what it meant when Isaiah spoke it. And here's what I found in in some commentaries. They said the Greek for that, if you will. Now don't fall out with me, but the Greek for that is simply means this. It applies to uh, uh, let them that have ears. Let every man that hath an ear hear. That's basically what that's saying. That Greek word, I can't pronounce it, but that's the meaning of it. Is listen up, if you would. Uh, hear. If you've got ears, hear. Ho! It says everyone. Somebody ought to underline that in your Bible. Ho! Everyone that thirsteth come. Uh, can I say God don't play hide and seek uh, because He provides an invitation. Uh, can I say thank God it's a whosoever will this morning. Uh, may I say whether you're saved or lost today uh, ain't it good to know that God's not hiding from you uh, uh, but God has extended an invitation. You say does God really want me? You better know he does. Uh, he said everyone come uh, whosoever is to the lost. Uh, the Bible said in John 3 15 and 16 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life John records in chapter 12 verse number 46 I am come enlightened to the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness Acts 2.21 and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Romans 10 13 whosoever shall call it listen to me this morning that means you friend if you're lost God has extended the invitation my friend God ain't playing hide and seek God's playing you you'll seek him he'll help you my friend whosoever the Bible said in Titus chapter number 2 verse 11 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men and 2 Peter 3 9 the Lord is not slack uh, concerning his promises some men uh, count slackness uh, uh, some men count slackness but his long suffering to us were not willing that 
any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm telling you, it's a whosoever invitation to those that are lost. But what about those that are saved? Do you remember what the Bible said in Matthew chapter 7? Verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh a receiveth and he that seeketh findeth unto him that knocketh it shall be open may I say Matthew goes on in chapter 11, one of my favorite verses, uh, ver- uh, scriptures is this, Matthew 11, 28-29. He said, come unto me. So- somebody say the next word. All. Come unto me, all ye uh, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. First Peter 5, uh, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Listen to me. Why does God not play hide and seek? Number one, he provides an invitation. Uh, he says, Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth come. Uh, does God want me, preacher? Yes, he wants you. Does God want to save me? Yes, he wants to save you. Does God want to forgive me? Yes, he wants to forgive you. Does God want to restore me? Yes, he wants to restore you. How do you know because it's a whosoever will. It's a whosoever will. May I say Jesus has provided an invitation for both the sinner and the saint to run to Him. Is everybody with me this morning to help me somebody? He's provided you an invitation to run to Him. Don't you dare question if God wants you because He does. Don't you dare question if God loves you because He does. Don't you dare question if you can find Him because you can. Listen to me. I'm telling you one of the biggest lies I've experienced as a pastor uh, that people experience is they they say they want to find God. They want to do right but can't. But I'm here to tell you that you can Because God has extended an open invitation to whosoever. And last I checked, whosoever means you. I don't care how long you go. I don't care how dark you are. I don't care how wicked that you've been. God has extended an invitation for all men to come unto Himself. Come unto me, all ye. May I say you can run to Jesus and find Him because He don't play hide and seek. He's invited. He's given invitation for all men to seek Him. If I were you and I needed to find God, I believe I'd go ahead and make up my mind that I plan on finding Him today. Number two, God don't play hide and seek because He proclaims the qualification. Not only does God provide an invitation, but God proclaims uh, the qualifications. Who who qualifies? We understand it's a whosoever will, but surely He ain't talking about me. What's the qualifications, preacher? Well, look in verse number 2. The Bible said, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Or excuse me, verse number 1. Everyone that curses... 
uh, thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine, milk without money, without price. Now, I want you to look at something. Who qualifies? May I say in order to meet the qualifications of the invitation, you must, number one, be parched. The Bible said in verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Can I say it's not uh, that God is not able to be found. Uh, it's that people are no longer thirsty to find Him. He said, Come unto me, ye that thirst. Uh, uh, may I say, if you've got a desire for anything uh, more than you do God, your desires are wrong. Uh, and you're not going to find Him thirsting after anything. Uh, uh, my friend, if you're thirsting after riches, you'll not find Him. If you're thirsting after rebellion, you'll not find Him. If you're thirsting after your own ways, you'll not find Him. If you're thirsting after self-pleasure, you'll not find Him. The problem is not that God's in hiding. The problem is that men have quit thirsting. But the qualification is this. If you'll simply get thirsty and need to want to drink from heaven, you'll find Him. Because God don't play hide and seek. Blessed are they, Matthew said in chapter 5 verse 6, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Can I say, you meet the qualifications whether you realize it or not because we're all in dire need of a drink from heaven today. If you're lost, you need to drink of that well that never runs dry. And if you're saved, you need to revisit and realize that he ain't forgot about you. Amen. Amen. Why? Why? Who qualifies? I mean, okay, God provides an invitation, but then God <coughs> proclaims the qualification. Number one, if you're going to find Him, you've got to be parts. Number two, who qualifies to find Him? Who, who meets the qualification of the invitation? Not only the parts, but secondly, I want to say the poor. The poor. Look at verse number one. You'll see what I mean. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, that's the parts, come into the waters, and he that hath no money, now, doesn't this seem kind of like a contradiction? He that hath no money, come ye by. Is everybody reading your Bible? God says, all you people that's broke, come by and eat. Now, what sense does that make? Well, I want you to understand something. In order to meet the qualifications of the invitation, you must be poor. In other words, you must realize that you cannot buy, but if you'll come to buy, what you'll find out, just like we've already read concerning Joseph, is God not only will load your corn, that sack full of corn, but He'll put your money back in the bottom of it. God, hey, somebody ought to thank God. He's already paid the price. Can I say you can't afford you can't afford the life that you desire. You can't afford the joy that you crave. You can't afford the peace that you long for. But my friend, good news, you qualify. You're flat, busted, broke. But he's rich. And he paid the price. And all you've got to do is come. Be parched and be poor. May I say this morning, we look, the Bible says this, he that hath no money, Come ye buy and eat, yea, come buy. Look, notice the two things it says to buy. Wine and milk without money and without price. Can I say wine in the, in the, in the Scriptures is always a type of the blood. You know what wine is for in our text and typology? Wine is for the soul. Yeah. 
Can I say this morning, if you're poor and you're lost, you're a poor sinner, that you can come and buy wine. What do you mean? Well, I ain't got no money, preacher. Yeah, but it's already been paid for. The blood has already been shed. That wine has already... I'm enjoying my own preaching. Y'all are enjoying it. That wine has already been poured out on the altar of Calvary and on the mercy seat in glory. My friend, wine is for the soul. So what's milk for? Milk's for strength. Remember the Bible said those that desire the sincere of the word. You know what a baby does? You know what my little Emma's doing? Every day of her life, she's drinking that milk. She ain't got up to the strong meat yet, but I'm going to tell you what that milk's done. It's took her from being a little six-pound baby to an 18-pound baby in nine months. Or ten, however old she is. When you get above 15 kids, you forget their ages. Well, don't laugh. I don't care. <laughs> Wine is for the soul. Milk is for strength. Can I say this morning, we're all busted broke. What, what, I mean, really, what do you have to offer? What can you purchase from the fountain of gold? But yet he says, come and buy. Yes. Yeah. Now how are we going to come and buy? I, I don't know about you, but there's been times that I've not had the money for things. There's been times I needed something. I'll never forget when I was uh, I was in high school, I, I, I needed tires. and I didn't need the ones I got. I wanted to, when, I, when I got needed tires, I wanted to beat them up. Somebody help me. Uh, but I got to where I was needing tires. Well, my Walmart... Pushing paid and wasn't going to pay for no tires. And I'm there for him. I may get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Grant's either bought them or helped buy them. And it's something. Anyway, there was a, there, my Grant's made my parents together one or the other. I, I could not buy them, but yet somehow or another it worked out to where I was, the tires were bought for me with rims. And I'll never forget driving down there that little old place D&D used to have across the road. And it was Russell Smith across the road. And I, I drove in there and I, I didn't have the money to buy nothing. But I walked in and I said, he said, there, here's your tires, son. You like them? I said, I love them. He said, right here's your rims. You like them? I said, man, I love them things. They're going to look good on this truck. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to look real good. He said, well, we'll get started on it. I didn't pull my bill full out. I didn't have no cash. I didn't slide a car. Yet I was getting something. Hey, I, 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 there was a transaction made, yeah. but I wasn't the purchases. I, yeah. I'm telling you, there's been a transaction made, both for your soul and for strength. Yeah. The wine's already been purchased, and the milk's already been bought. Yeah. All you've got to do is come by. Come by. It's already been purchased. What are you saying? I'm trying to tell you that whether you need wine or milk, whether you need saved or strength, the price has already been paid. All you've got to do is realize how poor you are. Does everybody understand this? You've got to be parched. You've got to be poor. And I say John the Revelator writes to the church of Laodicea, which we're living in those Laodicean days in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 15, he said, I know thy works, that thou wert 
art neither cold or hot, or I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not thou uh, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Can I say, I don't care how much money you got in the bank, you're as poor as dirt when it comes to the, the things of heaven and eternal things. Uh, uh, but my friend, that's who God's looking for. Are you listening to me? Uh, you qualify for the invitation. You're busted broke. But God says come. God says come. In order to meet the qualifications of the invitation, <clears throat> not only do you got to be parched and poor, but you'll find out that those who are displeased, they qualify. Look at verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat. Uh, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Can I say you can try everything this world's got to offer. And you know what you're going to leave. You're going, how you're going to end up. You're going to leave the situation displeased. Is anybody here this morning displeased? Is anybody here displeased with your way? Come on somebody. Are you looking at your life and you're just unhappy? Is anybody here displeased with your heart? Any of y'all wish that you wasn't the way you seem to be? You know what you, you do? You qualify. Hello? You're working for something that will not satisfy you. Whether you're saved or not. Listen, a saved man can live a displeased life. Because I believe this, the most miserable man on planet earth is somebody that's been washed in the blood and trying to live like a lost man. You, I don't care what front you put on, you are miserable. Because God the Holy Ghost is on the inside and you've grieved Him. You've quenched the Spirit of God whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Now I say you meet the qualifications and God don't play hide and seek. Thirdly, this morning, God don't play hide and seek because number one, we said He provides an invitation. Number two, He proclaims the qualification. But number three, God don't play hide and seek because He promises salvation. Look at verse number three. The Bible said, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercy of David. Again, context to the house of Israel. But you know what we see here? A type and a picture of salvation. Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. Sounds a whole lot like what happens when you get saved. But can I say this morning in order to partake of this promise, the promise of salvation, number one, you, you, in order to partake of this promise, you must listen. You must listen. Look at verse 3. What does God... God don't play hide and seek. Why? Well, because He promises salvation. He, a, a God that's in hiding that won't fool with you won't make a promise that He'll save your soul. But He says in verse number 3, what's the first step to this promise? Incline your ear. May I say ain't nobody ever, ever been able to change the course of their life until they first hear something from God. Are you with me? You can't just turn over a new leaf. 
God has to speak to the hearts of men. And by the way, He's pretty good at doing that. I need a witness. God don't need me to speak to you. No, sir. God don't have to have me to talk. Somebody ought to thank God. I'd be just like last night. There wasn't nobody there talking to me, but God was. Hello? You must, you know what we're quick to do? We're quick when we need something, we need saving, whether it's your soul or saving in your life. We're quick to go, and the first thing we do is open our mouth. You know what God says the first step to getting this promise is? When's the last time you knelt down to pray and didn't say nothing? Well, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about real supplication. Well, you're not the only one talking. Amen. Hey, man. Hey, can I say I can't really have a conversation with my wife if I'm the only one talking? Yeah. It ain't a conversation. Right. I said something. It's a statement, not a conversation. God wants supplication or a conversation. But the first thing you're going to have to learn how to do, if you want to find God's learn how to listen, Amen. you know what all men are quick to do besides speak? The second thing or the first or second thing men want to do, not only do they want to speak, but they want to start making steps. Yeah. Sure. Listen, listen to me. You don't know where you should go. Right. So how do we end up where God is? You've got to listen for His voice. Amen. John chapter number 10. Right. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow after me. And a stranger they will not follow. Somebody help me. Amen. Oh yeah. How in the world are you going to find God? Shut your face for just a minute and listen. Amen. Isn't it amazing? How we'll go through things and then we'll tell God what He needs to do to fix them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you'll go through things in life and you've got it all figured out and you just can't make it happen. So you tell God what needs to happen so He can make it happen. Amen. You know what we ought to do when we go to God with a problem and say, Lord, here's my problem. And hush. God, what do I need to do? Not God, here's what you... Come on, somebody. I'm dealing with people. You told God what He needs to do all week. And I've come to tell you today, I've come to bust your battle. He don't need to hear what needs done. You need to hear what needs done. Incline your ear. How do we obtain this promise of salvation, whether it be your soul or in your life, a storm? Number one, you, in order to partake of the promise, you must listen. Number two, you must leave. What do you mean? Look at verse three. Incline your ear and... Come unto me. You know what that means? Not only you got to listen for him, you got to leave wherever you are. Right. Oh, I'm preaching today. You don't have to leave. You know what he says? This this modern day Christianity. Well, me and God just got our own thing, you know. Yeah. No. Let me tell you something. God has just. We see in the house of Israel. You know what he says? Come. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that requires? If you want to find it, listen to me. The reason you're not near him right now is not because he left. It's not because he walked away. It's because you walked away. And now you ended up in a mess and you don't leave your mess expecting to find God. Is everybody listening? Listen to 
God and believe wherever you are. You want to obtain this promise? How many of y'all has been through things? I just talking about the salvation of your soul. God saved you from some things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Huh? God saved you from marrying the wrong person. Yeah. God saved you after marrying the wrong person. <laughs> hey, man. Some of y'all still waiting on your Savior from marrying the wrong person. Hey, man. Hey, I'm not oh, How many of y'all should be through a storm and God reached out and pulled you up out of that water and saved you? Can I say that you don't end up in the mess and then how many of y'all, you might raise your hand. How many of y'all look at your life right now and you're really not in a good spot with God? I can look around and I watch y'all every week. And I'm about tell you, there's several here. Man. I ain't saying you're a full-blown reprobate. I'm not saying you're, you're an apostate. You, I'm not saying I look, but you know you can be sitting in a good Bible-believing church like this and still not be where you're supposed to be with God. Right. Right. Amen. Sure can. A lot of people do. Can I say God did not lead you to that place? That's right. Why is it, Brother Chris, that we walk away from God, we, we, we wind up in the far country, and then we say, God, word. Is everybody listening? Yes, sir. I'm telling you that God don't play hide and seek. You want to find Him. You want to obtain the promise of salvation. You've got to listen to His voice, and then you've got to leave where you are. Amen. God's not coming down there to the big spot. That's right. If you want to find God, you've got to leave. Come, he says. He did not leave you, you left him. Number, number three, if you want to obtain this promise of salvation, not only do you got to learn how to listen, and not only do you got to learn how to live, but then we'll see this. Once you do those things and you become a partaker of the promise, then what you'll find is you will once again live. You'll find life. Look at verse three. Incline your ear. Listen. Come unto me. Uh, leave. And your soul shall. Does everybody see the threefold cord which are not quickly broken right there? Yeah. I need to find God, preacher. Listen. Yep. Incline your ear. I need to find God. I can't find Him. He ain't playing hide and seek. Right. You can find Him, but you're going to have to do what this Bible says. You're going to have to listen. You want to find God? You can't stay in your sin and say, all right, Lord, come out, come out, wherever you are. It's not how it works. You've got to leave. You know what you'll find once you listen and leave? You'll live. Can I say you can be alive on the inside, on your way to heaven, and be dead as a doorknob? You know, living people can be spiritually... Living people mean saved people. Did you know saved people can be spiritually dead? Yeah. Right. You want to know why they're spiritually dead? They quit listening. Right. Yeah. And they refuse to leave. Well, bless God. I'm going to tell you one thing. Right. Man. That preacher, I, he thinks he's going to get one over on me. Bless God, I won't move. Yeah, and you're dying. That's right. And you'll be a dead Christian until you die and go to the grave. You don't have to listen. That's your choice. Right, sure. Listen to me. You don't have to leave. Right. That's your choice. Right. You don't have to live. That's your choice. Right. But don't you dare act like you can't find God. Amen. Right. It's not God's fault. Right. When you won't listen, 
You won't leave and you won't live. Not only do you see once you become a partaker of this promise, you'll live, but then secondly, we see that you'll last. Hello? Once you find God, if you'll stay near Him, you'll last. I'm about sick of shooting stars in the church world. You hear me? What's a shooting star? They take off on fire, blazing a trail, and then just after a little while, they fizzle and fade out, and you don't know where they went. Y'all ever see shooting stars? They just, boy, they're climbing, 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 climbing up. Where'd they go? How many people do you know? How many people still water Baptist Church? You've been here any amount of time. Have we seen come in and... Where'd they go? What happened? They quit seeking Him. That's it. What's the first... Listen to me. What's the first step? Now, I understand my terminology here. We don't believe in losing salvation. What's the first step in losing God? What's the first step in losing your way or your relationship with God? Failure to listen. That's the first step. You know why I preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? To try to keep you near. You know, I don't just get up here and holler, Brother Sean, because it's something fun to do. My voice, if you go back and listen to when I first started preaching, I don't even sound like, I sound, I sound like I've hit puberty again. Because I do this every week of my life. Three times, sometimes five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a week, sometimes. And I've strained and I've hollered and I've preached for over a decade. I've been doing this. Why, preacher? Because God has put a call on my life to try to keep men near to Him. And if you're not near Him, you can't find Him. It's not God's fault because God don't play hide and seek. You'll last. Look at verse 3. Got to hurry on. Incline your ear. Listen. Come unto me. Leave. Your soul shall live. You'll live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. You'll last. You know what God's done this morning? He's allowed you to have the ability to last. Now let me ask a question. I wish we had some old-timey, pioneer, gray-headed women in this church. Some of you other women might know a little bit about this, I believe. Some of you do. My generation, they don't have a clue what I'm fixing to talk about. And it's sad. But how do you make something last? How do you preserve something? How do you keep something from perishing? You must seal it. What do you mean? You ever heard of them old timers would can stuff? There's still jars all over the place. Under the basement, or under the house and everything up where my mama for years when Papa would raise a garden. They didn't just take them green beans, sell them or cook them. She canned them. Apples. Canned apples. Canned tomatoes. Can- I mean, you name it, they canned it. Some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life been canned, homegrown food. What do you do when you can something? How do you keep that thing preserved? How do you keep it from deteriorating and dying? Anybody ever heard of non-perishable food? What's it in? 90% of it's in a can. It's been sealed. How can I last, preacher? You've been canned. 
If you're saved, you've been sealed. What do you mean? Well, Ephesians 1.13, In whom also you trust after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after that you believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. How does God seal something like us up? Because when you receive this promise, according to 1 John 5.18, the Bible said we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that the wicked one toucheth him not. You were sealed because when God saved you, you're no longer a sinner on the inside. God did not seal this flesh. It would have brought corruption. But God sealed your soul. The Holy Ghost seals us. to the, how, how can we last? Well, we've been sealed. How can I stay in this thing? You've been sealed. How can I find God? He's always in you. Somebody, y'all act like Presbyterians. He's always in you, and you're always in Him. It's going to be hard to find. It's going to be hard for you to say God's hiding from you if He's leaving you. Yeah, He's sealed. That's right. You know that everlasting covenant? I understand. I understand the context. I'm not preaching out of context. I know the context. It's to the house of Israel. But I see a type of Jesus in relation to the church. Those, those everlasting covenants with, the, with, 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 with David and the children of Israel. But God, the Son of God, has made an everlasting covenant with you and me, the Gentile, in salvation. Why? But He still us to the day of redemption. How are we going to make it? God don't play hide and seek. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me want to run to Him all over again. Isn't it amazing that even when we... Listen to me. Some of y'all so far away from God this morning, if He spoke, you wouldn't recognize His voice. But listen to me. As far away as you are, if you're saved, somebody ought to throw a songbook or slap your neighbor and say, that man can preach. Amen. (laughs) Finally got it in. Finally got it in. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that man's a preacher. Amen. That's an inside joke. Isn't that amazing though? Amen. How far you can go? Yes. Amen. How far you can go? And he still don't lose you? I can't find him. He knows right where you are. Amen. He knows right where you are. Somebody, I'm going to start a bunch of people. He knows where you are. You may not know where he is this morning, but it ain't because he's hiding. He's not play hide and seek. But he knows right where you are. I'm about done because I'm about destroyed it. <laughs> Jesus did not just save our soul. He saved our past. He saves my present. Some of y'all, listen to me. Adults, kids, how many of you kids has been a dabbling with things you shouldn't? Hello? I don't know where that came from other than God. How many of you kids is dabbling in things you shouldn't? You know what you're doing? You're creating distance. Hello? Boy, I felt the Holy Ghost sink a plow right there. Y'all in trouble now? Hey! How many of you 
said, Mom, Dad don't know nothing about. Teacher oh, sure don't know nothing about. Oh, Brother and sister don't know nothing about. And I got news for you. If they don't know, listen to me. You may think you're slick. They will know. Yeah. You're being raised in a God-fearing, Holy Ghost Bible. Amen. God will reveal you, neighbor. Yes, sir. Why? Because he's interested in you being near. Yes, it's not that God's mad at you. It's that he loves you. And if you're way out there, he will reveal you. So you can be brought back way back here to his bosom. Good. Oh yes. Well, I can still feel a tick in me. Holy Ghost. One more time. Say a little something. Tick. Listen to me. Don't you act like you can't find God when you're out yonder in left field somewhere. Yeah. Right. And listen, kids, let me put it on some of the younger version level. When you do things you shouldn't, it's not just that you're wrong. If the only thing you're, you're, you're upset about is you have been caught and you are wrong, you're missing the point. That's right. It's not that you're just wrong. It, it hurts to be wrong, don't it? Sure does, yeah. Is anybody listening to me? Yes, sir. It hurts to be wrong, Hope. Are you listening? I've had to go through things with my own daughter back there. And you know what? I've tried my best to explain it to her. You've let me down. Sure. Yeah. I'm hurt. I'm upset. You failed me. But you know where I put the emphasis? But we're not going to focus on what you've done today. Yeah, that's right. There's one that bought your soul. That's right, man. There's one that spilled his blood for your soul. And when you sin and you walk away and you're not close to God, you're not just hurting and disappointing your daddy, but there's a great big God in heaven that loves you and died for you and He's purchased you. Hey, if you're doing Him, Lord, and you're breaking His heart, don't you act like God's hiding when you're in sin. It's not that God can't be found, it's that you've walked away. That's right, you want to live, you want to last, you've got to get this thing down. There's some stipulations. There's some things you're going to have to do. I'm about done. He didn't just save me, my soul. He saved me from my past, present, future. He saved me from storms. He saved me from my sin. How many of y'all sitting here that should have absolutely just blowed your life into hell and back? But somehow or another, you're on church pew today. Glory to God. Somehow or another, you're sitting with a King James Bible in your hand. Glory to God. Somehow or another, you're sitting here clothed in your right mind. Glory to God. Somehow or another, you didn't get drunk last night. Glory to God. Somehow or another, you're in the choir on Sunday morning. Glory to God. I'm telling you, God, the Lord Jesus, is able to be found this morning. He saved me from my sin. Hey, but he saved me from my old rotten self. Amen. He's done saving me from my old rotten self. I'm my own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. We can't be pointing the finger at everybody else. It's us. I'm the one in need. I'm the sinner. I'm the one that falls short. It ain't mama's fault. It ain't daddy's fault. It ain't your racing. It ain't your past. It ain't your influence. It's us that's the problem. God has saved me from my old right self. He saved me from the sin. He saved me from the self. He saved me from the storms. 
Anybody here where he's reached down like old Peter when he's, yeah. boy, he's walking on water for a while and then all of a sudden he's drowning. Yeah. Got your eyes off him. Next thing you know, there he is. What do you mean? How is it that every time you fix it, we sing them songs about uh, fixing to go under and the God rescues us. How do you reckon he always knows? How does God know every time you're just about to die in the storm? Because he is near. Yeah, man. If he was back yonder somewhere, kicked back in a recliner and had not paying no attention to you, we'd all have been grounded in our storms. That's right. But he's near. Why? Because God don't play hide and seek. Amen. 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 God don't play hide and seek. God is interested in his children this morning. I'm done right here, fourthly. I've actually got two more, but I'm done. God don't play hide and seek because he prompts exploration and supplication. Verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Definition of prompt simply means this to be ready and quick to act as occasion demands to be of a ready disposition. Exploration means the act of exploring to conduct a close search to take a strict and careful examination. Supplication means a petition or earnest request. May I say the Lord Jesus prompts you and I to exploration because he says seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Why why, why does God not play hide and seek? Well, he prompts us to explore. Exploration. He said seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Can I say God's not not going to tell you to come looking for him if he's hiding. Because right. he don't play hide and seek. Right. How many of y'all growed up, count, count 25, need to get 20, 24, 25. Ready or not, here I come, you're seeking them, but they're hiding from you. God don't do that. Right. You know why God tells you to seek him? Because he knows you'll find him. Right. Supplication. The Lord Jesus prompts you to exploration, seeking the Lord while it may be found, but he also prompts you to supplication. Call ye upon him while he is near. May I say it's not hard to find somebody who won't hide. Did everybody get that? It's not hard to find somebody who won't hide. I said it's not hard to find somebody that won't hide. He's not hiding from you this morning. Lastly. God don't play hide and seek because He promotes restoration. He promotes restoration. Look at verse 5. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that, that thou knowest not. Nations that do thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. And for the Holy One of Israel, He hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord where He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He's near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and He will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon Lastly, God don't play hide and seek because He promotes restoration. Understand the context dealing with Israel, the apple of God's eye, who had been prone to repent and rebel. Does everybody know how Israel lived? They do good and they mess up. Then they do good and they mess up. Then they do good and they mess up. Then they ask for forgiveness and then they melt down gold and make a cow. That's, that's who they were. But can I say this can both apply to both the saved and the lost typology? In its context, it more so applies to the child of God. What do you mean? I'm going to apply this more to the child of God than I do the sinner. Because look at verse number 7. When we read, let the wicked forsake his way, we would assume that we could just apply that to the sinner, those who are lost, but that's not so. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him, who? The wicked and the unrighteous man return unto the Lord. Listen. Why do I say this is a saved man? I'm going to put you in my feet, sir. Why, why, why am I making this a saved man? 
Let him return unto the Lord. Can I tell you something? You can't return somewhere you ain't already been. Why do you believe it's talking to us this morning? Because if you're saved, you've done been there. All God's asking you this morning, if you want to find Him, is return. Go back to where you know He was. Return unto Him. And so we see this morning, verse number 7, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord. May I say you cannot return unless you've first been there. I know this is dealing with Israel, but making an application to the child of God, God don't play hide and seek because He wants His children to find Him. He wants them to turn back towards Him because He has already forgiven them. And what does God want to do? He wants to restore you this morning. In order for the child of God to find restoration, we're done right here. You know what it takes? Number one, if you're going to find restoration this morning in the Lord, you must repent. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man's thoughts. You know what that means? If you forsake your way, you're turning from the direction you're going and you go back home. That's repentance. Listen, listen. Repentance is not saying, God, I, man, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm sorry. And then going right back to doing it. It's not repentance. You just got feeling bad about it. But repentance is saying, this is the course I'm walking. Stop, turn around, and walk the opposite direction. If you want restoration, number one, you must repent. Number two, you must return. He said, and let him, verse 7, and let him return unto the Lord. Let the wicked forsake his way. The unrighteous man's thoughts and let him return. And so you must repent and you must return. And the end result is this. and You'll find restoration. He will have mercy upon him. Hey, anybody interested in finding him? If you'll repent, listen to me. I'm done. Brother Chris, come. I'm, I got more of this time. God don't play hide and seek. If you'll repent this morning, listen, if you'll repent this morning, whether you're saved or lost, if you're lost, you need to repent of being an unbeliever. Right, you know everybody thinks being saved, you got to confess every time you drink beer. People think being saved is you got to confess all the times you can remember saying cuss words. People think <clears throat> repenting to be saved is trying to confess every sin you've ever committed and, and, and ask for forgiveness. That's not what repentance and salvation is. Can I say being a drunk don't send you to hell no more than being a, a liar does? You know what sends a man to hell? Not being born again. Being a rejecter. There's one sin that will damn a soul to hell. And that is the sin of unbelief. That's it. You know what? Drunkards are drunkards because they not believe. Because the Bible says, if any man be a Christ, he new creature, old things pass away, but all things become new. It's not being a drunk that makes you go to hell, it's being a sinner. You know what sinners do? They drink, they lie, they steal, they fornicate, they deceive, they murder, they molest. I'm looking at people here today. As Paul said, Brother Carlos, and such were some of you. But now. I can still lie, but I'm not a liar. I can still cheat, but I'm not a cheater. 
I can still murder, but I'm not a murderer. What do you mean? I've been created in Christ, a new creature. Old things are passed away. I got a new name when I called upon His name. I got a new nature. I got a new home. I got new desires. If you're really saved, you may not be living how you're supposed to, but there's something on the inside that wants to do right. If you don't have no desire to please God. And there's nothing on the inside of you that says, hey, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. Listen to me, it's the most serious part. If you don't have a nature that desires God, you've never been born again. You may not be doing what that man said to do, what the Holy Ghost is saying, but that desire is there. If it ain't, you're lost. If you can sin and you're never convicted or chastised, you know what the Bible says? You're a bastard, not a son. Glad. And I can only go so far my way. And then I hear that voice. And he always in there, but said, Go so far your own way, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fail to let you hear his voice. I remember his 18-year-old boy, he said, This is what he said, don't believe you're not, don't matter. I said, I walked out of the bathroom. I'm not gonna bring on sin. I'm going to say this. I walked out of the bathroom. I was an 18-year-old boy living like I knew everything, living on my own, about destroyed my life. I turned to things I never thought I'd turn to. Yeah. Never done drugs, but other things. And I walked out, Brother Carlos, not even in my right state of mind. And I looked in that mirror, that little single wide trailer on the side of Highway 904, and out of nowhere, for the first time in almost four years, when I looked in that mirror, God spoke. He spoke. This is all He said. This is not who you are. And I remember, I, I, I don't go off goosebumps, yeah. but I got it. Because yeah. I remember that day. This is not who you are. You know what He was saying? You're trying to live a life that you've been wrong, saved from. And I said, Lord, you're right. That's all he said. Listen, God will get your number. I, I hope it's as gracious as it was for me. I'm hoping, I'm waiting for the light bulb to come on in some of y'all's life and you hear his voice and he confronts you with this is not who you are. You know what I told him? If you'll take me back, I'll come back. I'd done made up my mind. I'd probably done too much. He didn't want me no more. But you know what I found out, Dick? God don't play hide and seek. If he calls your name, it's because he wants you to find me. If he rings your bell, it's because he wants you to find me. You can't find me down there in the far country. You've got to listen. You've got to leave in order to live and in order to last. As an 18-year-old boy, I remember he's having a youth rally at Saxon Baptist Church. I don't know who's preaching. I know several preachers that were there. Well, brother Saxon Ryman was there. I believe at that time, uh, uh, I think Brother Ronnie Wilcox was there, maybe. 
I remember a handful of them that was there. Don't know which one was preaching, what they even said. All I know is God has been preaching to me in that little trailer, and I had to get church. My mom and sister had already started going back some. And I hadn't done it yet. I done made my mind up, man. I'm loved it. I'm, I'm too embarrassed. Too embarrassed to go back. I was raised up singing in choir, playing piano, memorizing every verse. Before, when I was a little boy, they let me preach. Because I always told them I was going to be a preacher. Mom's got videos. They got them, they got them VCR tapes of me on the staircase in the little apartment complex they lived in when I was first born, two years old. Had a, had a suit on, two or three years old with a little Bible under my arm saying, Hey man, hey man, hey man, off the steps. That's all you could understand. I'd mumble, jump on the other end, but hey man. They let me get up one time in the sunrise service, Easter Sunday morning. Let me preach. I was just a little lad in the And that's what they knew me by. But of course, I've done made up my mind. I can't go back there. Look what I am now. You know what God reminded me of? No, sir. That's not who you are. You know what he said? And y'all ever scream, scream this when they say, Ready or not, here I come. Sometimes when I'm feeling like I got a real good hot spot, I'll say, Come find me. You know what he's hollering this morning? Come find me. Hey, he's talking to some of you this morning, and this is what he's saying. Come find me. You know what you'll find out if you walk this altar? He really ain't even hiding. He's just standing here. With nail pierced hands. With the royal blood. It flows only from Emmanuel's veins. Are you looking at me this morning? Hey, I talked to somebody. You need to find him again. Hello? Sinner man, you need to find him for 